Welcome to Happily Ever After is Real, interviews and conversations with women, created to share wisdom, strength, joy, and inspiration for finding true love in a busy and constantly changing world. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. You can follow us on Facebook or visit us online at bemoreyou.co. I'm Tricia Bennett. My guest host today is Heidi Bertram. On behalf of myself and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. Today, we have Amanda Grossman, who is our married celebrity guest, joining us. Amanda, we'd like to have you introduce yourself to our listeners. Yay! Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. My name is Amanda, and I have been happily married for about four and a half years now. I am 31 years old, and I live in Houston, Texas, but originally I'm from Pennsylvania. So I actually have such a fun story, Um, so I love telling it. Thank you for asking me. Uh, So I was 20 years old, and I I was studying abroad in Japan, and my husband was in the Navy in Japan, and I had met these girl American students uh, at my university over there, and they invited me over because one of them was dating a sailor, which is something that I just never thought I would do. <laughs> and I thought, well, that sounds kind of fun. I mean, they're American, so that's nice. I can see people and speak English, and that'll be great. And the train ride to get to this little gathering, it was going to be her birthday party, was an hour away. So I get home from college for the day, and it's raining, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I have to uh, walk home about half a mile to a mile to my apartment, because when you live abroad, you find out that you walk a lot. (laughs) So then I would have to change my shoes, go back, and then drive on or go on the uh, train for an hour to get to this place. But last minute, I thought, I'm just going to do it. I just, I need to do this because I need to meet people and get more social over here and, and all that good stuff. So I get on the train, I go an hour, and I was actually dating someone at this time, but the relationship was not going well. I had gotten back from, I I did back-to-back study abroad. So I had study abroad in London, and then I had gone straight to Japan. And I was looking to break it off with him. I just, it was one of those situations, and, and this is kind of embarrassing, but one of those situations where I wasn't saying what I needed to say, as in I wanted to break up with him before I left for these trips because I just felt that the relationship had ended before then, but I just couldn't do it. So he was back at home. He was also in college, and we were we had gone to the same high school together. So I went on the train, and at the train to pick me up an hour later, they had sent this guy, and I was a little upset about this because the woman whose party I was going to, she had said, oh, yeah, there's this guy who's just really lonely, and it's not anything like that because I said, no, 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 I'm dating someone. Like, I'm I'm not like that. And she said, no, 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 it's not like that. He just wants a friend. And I thought, oh, but my naive little gullible self, oh, okay, yeah, that that would be really fun. So this guy picks me up from the train, and he takes me back to the house, and I guess he's trying to hit on me throughout the night. I learned later that she had actually, my friend, had told him that I was going to date him or something like that, and that never happened. But then a few minutes later, after getting to this party, and it happens to be at Paul, my now husband's house in Japan, he walks into the room, 
and he sees me and immediately looks away. And we actually have this on videotape because since it was a birthday party, somebody was videotaping the birthday party. So we have this moment where I'm in the room and he looks over, sees me for the first time and he looks away. And of course, I noticed him as well, um, one of those instant attractions, which isn't necessarily always good, but it certainly is something that moves you. (laughs) So I thought, oh God, he is hot, number one. (laughs) And number two, I'm dating someone. And Number three, I just, I instantly felt like I wasn't good enough for him. It was just an instantaneous, like, that guy is out of my sphere. He is above me. So the party goes on, and everybody's having a good time or whatever, and I'm looking at him, and hes I'm sure he's stealing glances at me. I don't really know. He told me later that he was trying to show off for me, but I don't remember anything like that. But what happened was we all decided to go out to a karaoke bar, which is really big in Japan, and... We're walking in this big group, and suddenly, and you're going to laugh at this, suddenly I hear this feminine German accent. <laughs> and it's Paul in behind me, and he's doing an impression of a feminine German man, which is the most random thing ever. I don't know what possessed me, but I turned around, and I looked him straight in the eye, and I said... I think I just rode that train for an hour to hear you say that. (laughs) So that was like a moment that that was very um, uh, audacious for me. I I don't think I'm as outgoing as that sounds like I normally am, as confident as as I normally am. And it totally paid off because at the karaoke bar, we, we were together talking the whole night. He got me to sing karaoke with him. There was this song, You Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, and from that day, I mean, we we were inseparable. So every day in Japan after that, we spent together. And funny enough, actually, so I was my alert system was still high because these were sailors, and my you know I grew up on a dairy farm. I was kind of sheltered, and I was like, oh gosh, sailors, they only want one thing. So I I need to protect myself here. And I since we had such a great time out and about in this karaoke bar, I missed the trains. The trains stop at like eleven o'clock in Japan at night, so you can't take a train after that. And so I made it very clear that I was sleeping on his couch, and he was sleeping up in his room and he he got me a T-shirt and boxes to change into. And what's really funny is the next morning, he I, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sneak out of here. I'll, I folded my clothes, his clothes back up and put them on the couch. And just as I'm, like, going out the door, I hear him barreling down the stairs because I guess he knew I was leaving. And he's like, what, no breakfast? And I thought he meant that I was going to cook him breakfast, which immediately I was like, oh, no. <laughs> And it turns out, years later, he told me, no, 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 I was going to cook you breakfast. And and that's just one of those funny stories. Very sweet. So, Amanda, listen to every single word when a woman is sharing her story. It's like a romance novel. But And how did you know he was the one? And how about the boyfriend back here in the States? So two questions. How did you know he was the one? But... What happened? How did you let the other one go? Oh, yes. So, like I said from the beginning, I'm very against cheating. Like, that's just not in my character. And so I kept a very 
strong line between the two of us. And I and I told him after we started hanging out each day and getting to know each other better, and I knew that he was interested in me, and I knew deep down that I was interested in him. I set out those guidelines that you know I am dating somebody else. I'm not happy in that relationship. I haven't ended it yet, and so I am not comfortable going down that route yet. So. Gosh, how did I know that he was the one? I I just have to, it, it might be um, not a great answer, but it's like all of my body just knew that he was the one. I don't know how to explain it except that, like, it's like when I was with him, we called, we told each other, like, we gave each other these amazing smiles whenever we saw each other in the crowd or something. Like, if we were meeting or he was coming back from his ship, I would make signs for him and, it, like, wait on the dock and one of those sort of, silly, ooey-gooey stories, and we would give each other these million-dollar smiles is what we called them, and it's just radiating happiness on our faces, and I had just never been so captivated by somebody. I don't know. It just felt so right. It was like, oh, yeah, I I need to be with this guy, even though I haven't closed down those other relationships and I haven't done that yet. It's like I just just needed to be with him. And how long after you met and then dated before you did marry him yeah we had a really it's almost a complicated story but so i would say within two weeks of meeting him i called my ex-boyfriend and i i emailed him and i called him and i just explained that the relationship was over i don't think i mentioned to him that i had met someone else eventually i told him that i had met someone else but i almost felt like i had told him i met someone else when i was breaking up with him he would think that 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 either A, I had cheated on him, or B, that it wasn't because our relationship needed to end. Because I should have ended our relationship before, months and months before. I just felt that it was over. But those are life lessons that you learn. It's just what needed to happen. Here again, my entire body was telling me, this relationship is just completely over. So, And, we, and we're still amicable to this day. I mean, there was, there was no hard feelings. Of course, it's always sad to end a relationship. But we're both married. We're both happy. So... So going back to the story, though, so within two weeks, I had broken up with my boyfriend, and my biggest fear at that moment was, oh, this guy is so what I'm looking for and just amazing that I don't want him to turn into the rebound guy. So what if I date him too soon and we get attached too soon, and then I don't know if I'm so into him because he's different or if it's because it's meant to be and I don't know why, but I just remember having these, like, back and forth, like, oh, I don't, I don't want people to see him as the rebound guy. He's so much more than that. I don't want to see him as the rebound guy. So we didn't make ourselves official for several months after we met. And, I, like, he told me that he loved me within three weeks of meeting me. He actually, we were sitting in a, a bar in Japan, and he just, he looked at me, he just said, I just have to say it. I know you don't want to say it yet. I know you, you're not going to return it, and I'm just going to have to live with that, but I can't deny it. I'm I'm just, I'm in love with you. I'm like, oh my gosh. That was like the most amazing thing to hear. And so we had three months together, like these ridiculously amazing months together in Japan. And then it was back to reality. I, I was going to be sent back home. My semester was had ended. He was going to be in Japan for another two years. And I was going to come back and I would be a senior in college. So we decided we just had to make this work. We just had to, had to make this work. So I got 
I got back home. I told everybody about him. I showed them pictures. I talked about our trip together. Everything was fantastic. And then I did this really grandiose gesture because I hadn't held my true feelings from him because of this whole fear of him being the rebound guy, which is silly if you think about it now, but it, it was pretty strong then. And so I did one of those things where you buy a star in the sky and I named it Amanda Loves Paul, and I sent it to him so that that's Aww. how he would know that that was the first time that I said I loved him. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> so, cute. Yeah, I mean, he was he was very touched, and he and he did open up and say that he was very upset that I hadn't shared with him. He felt that he was putting himself out there, and I wasn't putting myself out there. So that was really like a good moment for both of us. And then we got crazy with we only saw each other once every three months and yeah i would say every three months we would take turns so i actually went back to japan i had left there in august in september this is the craziest thing i flew back for a long weekend in japan which is just one of the craziest things you can do because the flight over there alone is like 14 hours you were in the air longer (laughs) than you were visiting yeah it's just crazy so but you know we had to see each other so I just needed to know that this was real, that we could actually make it happen um, 7,000 miles apart. I mean, we were 7,000 miles apart. So I flew back there, and we had this great weekend together. And there's always, like in long-distance relationships, there's always that time period when you first reunite that's a little strange. Like, it's a little weird feeling because you haven't seen them for a while, and now you're back together. And But we, we sloughed that off pretty easily. He's, he was very good at getting me out of my little... My little zone of like, oh, I don't, I don't know. This is a little strange. <laughs> so that was just really magical. And then he would come. He came to my college for three weeks. He got leave, and then over Christmas, I went to Japan for three weeks because it was college break. And then we just back and forth like that for for two years, and it was it was really tough. It was the most wonderful thing to have met him, and the most life affirming thing to have met him. Like what we just this synergy we had together was just amazing and it was so heartbreaking to just be apart from him for you know months at a time so then what ended up happening was he found out that he had actually signed on for an extra year when he first signed up with the navy which was heartbreaking we thought he was going to be out and they were sending him to Bahrain and we just oh my gosh it was just tragedy to us because not only a I was going to graduate college, and I thought, okay, wherever he gets sent to, I can find a job there, and we're going to make this work. It's going to be fantastic. But in Bahrain, because they had a terrorist bombing a month before he was sent there, they had deported all of the wives and families, and nobody was allowed to go visit. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was just devastating. And he came to, right before I graduated college, he came to my to my town, to my college, and we were out at a bar, and, I mean, I just have tears in my eyes thinking about this. He just, you know, when you love someone so much, you just want to sacrifice for them because you care about their well-being. And he told me, he said, I cannot make you wait around for me for another two years. He was in Bahrain for two years. And he said, you know, in those two years, you will not be able to visit me. And because I'll be new there, he's like, it's not like it's going to be like in Japan when I was able to get away for three weeks at a time. This is going to be different. 
And I resisted it and I resisted it and we totally sabotaged the relationship at that point. And we got into this huge fight over the phone and we, we broke up. Which is just so, it was so gut-wrenching. I mean, you know, it's what needed to happen at the time, and it was so sad, though. You know, it was like, God, I just, I had really thought he was the one, and it, you know. Okay, so I, yeah, and I just want to show people that sometimes even when you break up, it's the right thing at the time, but it's, you can get back together. I mean, it's well, just Well, I, I just want to say one thing before you continue, which is that you've said a few things so far. One is, my whole body knew. And yeah. you said my whole body knew he was right and the other guy was wrong. You also, you trusted your intuition. You trusted yeah. your intuition about going to see him. You trusted your intuition about getting on the train to go to the party in the first place. Yeah. You know, you had a gut feeling. And yeah, so and, I my, and my that, gut talks volumes, so. <laughs> yeah, and I think most women don't pay attention to that. Mm. So I think this... The whole story, and I'm sure that it's going to continue this way, that you continue to trust your gut. (laughs) Yes, I I would completely agree with that. When I don't listen to my gut, I get into trouble. So Mm -hmm. as I age, I am learning that my gut is smarter than I could probably ever be. (laughs) Yeah, right on. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So for those two years, we while he was in Bahrain for those two years, we, we cut it off, and we didn't even talk. I mean, I think it was just so devastating the way that we ended. It was so tragic because I, I was, I mean, I know I was still in love with him. I'm, I hoped that he was still in love with me, but I didn't really even go there because it was so hurtful to think that we couldn't have any time together. Was he in Japan when you guys broke up on the phone? No, he had just um, moved to Bahrain and it was, he was in a bad place going to Bahrain because we would, in our first phone calls together while he was there, number one, he was hugely depressed that he had another two years to spend in Bahrain because he, he knew he had one more year somewhere, but because he had two years, they were like, oh good, so we can send you to Bahrain. And he didn't hadn't remembered that he signed on to this extra year with the Navy. So that was just such a depressing time for him. It was 140 degrees during the day in Bahrain, which is just crazy, sand everywhere. And, oh, my goodness, just such culture shock and such a bad time period. And so when we had that big blow-up, which was really that was a relationship sabotage right there, what happened. We were just both unhappy about what was going on, and we had a blow-up, and I just, you know, I cut it off, and and that was that. We didn't talk to each other for a year and a half, two years. And what happened was, and here's where my gut comes into play again, I used to have what I would call my Paul attacks. I would wake up on, like, Saturday mornings just wrenched from my dreams and literally thinking, oh, my God, where's Paul? These just crazy anxiety attacks around, oh, my gosh, I don't know anything about where he is. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his life's like. I don't know. He could be in the United States right now, and I have no idea. And it was, so I called these Paul attacks. And they start, like, they happened about once a week. I don't know why on Saturday mornings, but they happened enough that, I was thinking about it and thinking about it, and I started talking to my friends and family about it. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, what what would you think about me contacting Paul? Because I just have this really strong feeling that I just, I have to, I just need to. 
And they were, you know, just to get some sort of like, okay, because I knew that the relationship ended on that really bad fight over the phone, and I just kind of wanted, I don't know, sometimes you just run things by your family. You yeah, because you, you need some peace. You need some yeah, and, and that or support, and yeah, and that support, and just knowing that people are going to be okay. That hey, he's, she's going back to this guy, but it's for really good reasons, not just you know, not just because she's lonely. <laughs> and so I, oh my goodness, this I'm still my heart's still palpitating over this one. I was so scared to do it, but I emailed him out of the blue. We hadn't talked in two years, and. I just said, hey, so I was kind of looking over the calendar or, you know, and I kind of figured out, are you still in Bahrain? And he emailed back within like an hour. And he said, actually, this is my last week here. Tonight I'm going to my going away party, and then I'm out of the Navy, and I'll be flying to Virginia where they're going to – his paperwork's done and get him out of the out of the military. Like, and I just was like, oh my gosh, this is our opportunity. This, like, in my head, I'm thinking, this is it. Like, we could just pick up where we left off, and, but even in a better way because he would be in the United States. I mean, that's something that just had eluded our entire our entire relationship for several years is just being in the same on the same continent, <laughs> let alone yeah. the same time zone. And so he was like, and and this didn't actually end up happening, but in our spontaneous, just just in love way, he said, you know what, I was thinking about going to Germany for a week. You want to come with me? And I said, yes, yes, I want to come with you. We didn't end up setting that up or anything, but what he did do is the next weekend he flew down to Florida, which is where I was living at the time, and we spent the whole weekend together before he had to go to Texas to be wherever he was. And it was just, I mean, it was just amazing. It, it was just, we picked up, we, we picked up, we were together. It was like, God, this could actually, this could actually be what I thought it actually was. All right, so keep going because I'm, I'm like holding on to every word. So. Oh, okay, I didn't want to talk too much. <laughs> I'm no. sorry, I get so excited about this. We love these stories, and you are every woman when you're telling your love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) It is. It's so great. So carry on, my dear. (laughs) Okay, well, this would probably be part three. So here's here's where it gets really exciting. (laughs) So he moved to Texas, which is where he's from, and I was living in Florida, and I had a job down there for, I think, the last year, and he he had gotten himself a job. One of the problems among the actual people who are in the military themselves, is when you go into civilian life, a lot of the guys, even though they have all this great training or whatnot, they might work at McDonald's afterwards. So he was so motivated to do better than that. He wanted to make a smooth transition and actually get a job that he deserved instead of just going around months and months and not being able to find anything and then, you know, having that on your resume and everything. So he did. I mean, he interviewed for months and months and he really worked at it and he found himself a great IT job with a good company. And we saw each other, I would say we flew back and forth from Texas to Florida once a month and sometimes sometimes twice a month, but definitely once a month, which is more than we had ever, you know, other than that initial time together, which is more, that's more than we had ever got to see each other on a frequent basis. 
And one time when he flew, flew to Florida, and this was maybe six months after we had reignited, which was just amazing, he got a phone call while we were uh, eating breakfast, and the guy told him that he was being laid off. And, you know, at first, it's, of course, he's, like, embarrassed about it or whatever, but then I'm suddenly thinking, oh, my goodness, this could be an opportunity. <laughs> so, okay, uh, this is okay. We're going to be okay. And um, he went back or he thought, okay, well, I'll extend my visit. So he stayed another two weeks before going back to settle his affairs. <laughs> the craziest thing happened, and this is how you know that there's just so much more out there than you and I. That Monday, I got laid off. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> yes. So I come home with my box in hand after working that day, and Paul's there, and he's watching TV or whatever, and he gets up, and I'm crying. And I was like, you won't believe this. I got laid off, and I'm so upset. And he's like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. I'm just sitting there, a gush of tears, right? So we go for a walk, and we Paul comes up with this fantastic idea of what better to do when you're in Florida and you just both got laid off within, like, four days of each other. You go to Disney World. <laughs> so, so we drove to Disney World. Um, I had two free nights hotel stay from different businesses or whatever, so we just had to pay the tickets to get into the park. And we went to Disney World, and we had this, like, fabulous time, and we just forgot about our woes and spent two days there, two nights kind of thing. It was only a two-and-a-half-hour uh, ride because we were already in Florida. And we came back, and we came back to reality. <laughs> so we all of a sudden we thought, okay, well, we need to do something here. We need to actually make this into something. Like, why don't we think about where we both could live and thrive together in the same city, like the same area. Let's do this. And it was this moment of just you don't quite know what you're doing. You're just you're taking that leap of faith. And we sat down and we thought, okay, the three places that we would both live in are the Washington, D.C. area, Colorado, we both had an interest in for whatever reason, and Houston, where his family was, because he hadn't lived near his family for over seven years. So that was important to him. And our deal was because we didn't want to we didn't want to mess each other up. We did we didn't want to mess our future up. We didn't want there to be any regrets or any ill feelings. We wanted this love to remain as pure as possible. And we just thought, okay, well, our rules are is that whoever finds the first awesome job and that place has prospects for the second person to find a job. That's where we'll move. Those three places. Mm. And meanwhile, you're still not married at this point, right? No. And how old, just to get a sort of frame of reference, how old are you at this point? Because you're you're certainly incredibly wise as you're sharing this. I'm saying, my goodness, you're in your 20s, right? Early 20s? Yes, yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think I was 26 at the time, and so that would have put him at like 28. He was two years older than me. So you met when you were about 22, well, I was 20 when we met, and he, cause I, I wasn't of legal drinking age, and I thought it was so cool that when I was in Japan, I could still have a drink because their yeah. legal drinking age is younger. <laughs> okay, perfect. No, yeah, it's, so. it's good. It, it's given me in the audience uh, really some context because from 20 to 26, you've been on so you like six years with this with this man on a journey uh, between yeah. Japan 
and Florida, and now you are about to land in a new place together for the first time. Wow. Okay, continue. So happy to hear you guys like my story. I I love telling it. It's such an epic tale, I have to say. But if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right, right? Yeah. (laughs) So that was where we kind of left it, and we both just started just huge job search, and I actually switched careers at this point. Um, Well, I took it as an opportunity to switch careers because I wasn't happy in marketing and sales anyway, which is what I was working in before. So my other degree in college was in environmental studies, and I thought, okay, why don't I try out something environmental? (laughs) So, So I only applied to environmental positions, and he applied to different IT areas, and he got the first job, and he got it in Houston, and it was a good job. So I started looking in Houston and talked again, and we were like, I need to like make sure, I need to do my research. I need to make sure that I'm going to have a life there, that, because careers are very important to me. I'm a very motivated, ambitious person by heart. Um, so I couldn't just, I knew that I couldn't just move to wherever he was and just be there. I, I needed to have something for myself. And so I looked and looked and looked, and it turns out that Houston's a huge place for environmental jobs because of the oil and gas industry, because of all the crazy industry down here. Um, There's just so many opportunities. So um, I packed up my Florida life and my cat, and we uh, flew to Houston. He he had already gone back at that point, and we moved in together. For the first time in six years. For the first time, yes, that was 2008, so five years, yes, because we met in 2003. So in 2008, um, the week of Hurricane Ike, I'm sure you guys heard of that, yeah. that hit Houston and Galveston. That's when I moved here. <laughs> so, and that was, I started my environmental investigator position that week as well, although because of the hurricane, we couldn't start until the week after. Yeah, so now we were living in not only the same continent, not only the same time zone, but we were actually living together, which was a huge leap of faith. Mm, Holy Um, mackerel. Unbelievable journey. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Wait for the proposal. Uh, Well, (laughs) so we decided here again we wanted both of us to be, you know, on neutral position because this was his – home area it's not he's actually from outside of houston but it's his his home area and he had been living in an apartment here so we decided that it was important for us as equal partners to start in a new place together so we decided we would get a new apartment together that we both wanted that we both liked and, and move both of our lives together really you know really merge and combine and that sort of thing so we found this great apartment in the museum district and and we were really happy and yeah, it, it it went really well. Our jobs were going fine. Our relationship was going fine. And the proposal, oh, my goodness, was I surprised, even though, I must say, three weeks after he met me, he did a pretend proposal because he had gone back to Houston to visit his family on a planned trip before he had planned that before he had met me. And I picked him up from the airport, and he had gotten me this, like, really pretty necklace, which was just so nice of him. But he got down on one knee when he gave it to me, and he opened up this jewelry box. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, probably about to faint at that point. But anyway, I was in my apartment one day, in our apartment, and I had all Fridays. I worked four 10-hour days, so I could have Fridays off to write and to, at the time, I also I came up with frugal confessions. It was a very good creative time for me as well. And I'm wearing, like, scrunchy clothes because I'm around our house for the day, and I've got my hair up in one of those, like, haphazard buns or whatever. 
And he comes in, and I'm just looking at the look on his face. I just, I couldn't understand what the look was. And I didn't have to think long because he literally, like, just grabbed this jewelry box out of his pocket, and he just swooped in down on both of his knees because I was on the couch just with my laptop on my lap, and I'm just sitting there, like, with my mouth open because I don't know what's going on. I'm just not one of those girls, I guess. I had no idea. I'm like, what is going on here? And he just blurts it out. I mean, it's, it just must have taken place in, like, ten seconds. Like, will you marry me? And I just, it took me probably about five seconds to register what he what he had asked me, and I was like, yes. <laughs> And which is just amazing because I I never thought I would get married. Actually, I thought, and and I tell him to this day, the only reason why I got married is because it was him. I wouldn't just have gotten married. I'm very, I'm actually quite skittish about marriages. I'm doing a lot better now because we have a good one. But I went through such marriage trauma in my childhood that I just thought, oh, I'm, that's just not for me. So the only reason why I got married was because it was him. <laughs> Amanda, that's better than an officer and a gentleman story. I'm telling you. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I've actually I... thought about writing it out because I'm like, oh, I love to write. I could really, like, make this into a nice novel or something. Like, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Just the perseverance, the courage, as I listened, I was just really taken by you as a young woman. As I said, 20 to 26, you know, are showing women that, you know, as my mom said, Life and relationships are like a rose. You have the thorns, and then you have the mm-hmm. beautiful rose petal. And yeah. as you were describing your journey, you just stayed the course, but you kept listening to yourself. I mean, I love the message you're sharing with all the women. It's like my gut is something that I could, it's, oh, sorry, you said my gut is smarter than I could ever be. Yes. It is. So we really want to thank Amanda for being with us today and for telling such an incredible love story. We hope that you will tune in for our next episode where we find out about Amanda's wedding, what she actually chose for her profession, and what she has to offer you. Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. We welcome your questions and suggestions for future podcasts. Well, that's it for this episode. Wherever you are at this moment, we hope that you can feel your own unique Happily Ever After taking shape. If you're a single woman looking for love, we invite you to attend our powerful two-day relationship workshop for women, designed to help you embrace the amazing woman that you are, and empower you to find the love of your life. Visit us at bemoreyou.co and register for Monday Morning Love Notes for Women. You'll get a calendar of all of our upcoming events. If you're a business or individual who would like to sponsor or advertise with us so that these and other exciting programs can be available to women worldwide, please contact us at bemoreyou@live.com or in the U.S. at one. 1- 508-645-5099. If you or someone you know has a special love story to share, we'd love to hear it and share it. Please message us on Facebook or contact us online at bemoreyou.co. Until next time, I'm Trisha Bennett. From all of us at Happily Ever After is Real, thank you for listening and we wish you love.